Indiana Bible College is committed to training tomorrow's apostolic ministers today. And this is the Indiana Bible College podcast. Today on the podcast, we have our president, our pastor, Reverend Joshua B. Carson, preaching at our preview weekend service. That happened Friday of preview weekend. And if you missed our podcast on Thursday, it is because we intentionally saved it to get this sermon out as soon as we could. So right now, without further ado, we want to bring to you our president, Pastor Joshua B. Carson, preaching the ministry of a little cloud. Honored to have you with us in Indianapolis. I once was you and made the choice to come to a preview weekend and God confirmed in that weekend what I knew he was already stirring in my heart. I ask you to turn in your Bibles today to the book of 1 Kings, this book of the Old Testament. I hope everyone's having a good time so far. I hope last night was fun, enjoyable, a lot of fellowship. Is anyone tired this morning? Is anyone a little warm right now? Yeah, I felt that. I resemble that remark. <laughs> but I'm not really a sweater, so I should be fine. <laughs> Help him, Lord. First Kings chapter 18. Thank you certainly to our executive vice president and his wife, the Galleons, our campus pastor and his wife, the Turners, and all of our amazing staff, and certainly our team that has worked so hard to prepare for our previewers to be here. The Lord gave me a specific word for this chapel. Never preached this, so it will not have very much polish to it, but I will bring you some passion that I feel from my time in the Word and my time in prayer. 1 Kings 18, verse 41. If you're there in your Bible, say amen. If you're looking at the screen, say I'm cheating. <laughs> Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. I don't hear it sprinkling outside. There's a sound of abundance. It's an odd statement. Been in a drought for years. But the Bible just says, so Ahab went up. Easier to do since he had just watched fire fall from heaven. Went up to eat and to drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, and he cast himself down upon the earth, and he put his face between his knees and said, to his servant. Everyone say to his servant. He said to his servant, go up now and look toward the sea. He went up and looked and said, there's nothing. Everyone say there's nothing. There's nothing. And he said, go again. Seven times. A significant number in scripture. And he came to pass at the seventh time that he said, 
Behold, there ariseth a little cloud out of the sea. It's little. It's like, it's like a man's hand from my perspective. The prophet said, go up. Say unto Ahab, prepare thy chariot. Get thee down, that the rain stop thee not. Came to pass in the meanwhile... The heaven was black with clouds and wind. There was a great rain. Ahab rode, went to Jezreel. Hand of the Lord was on Elijah. He girded up his loins and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. I want to draw your attention for my assignment from the 44th verse. And I want to preach today as I feel inspired about the ministry of a little cloud. The ministry of a little cloud. Now, this is normally a place where we go to the Lord in prayer, and we're going to do that. But instead of lifting your hands today, I just want you to make a fist. I just want you to feel like, feel like this is maybe a better representation of a cloud than, than this is. So just kind of make you a little fist and lift it up towards heaven. And I want you to pray with me. God, give me some promises I can hold on to today. Give me some revelation from your word. Oh, God, I pray against distraction. I pray against any hindrance. I pray for great liberty in this room. Oh, my. I pray for great liberty in this room right now. Let your word go forth with liberty in this room today. Help us to hear and help us to be receptive. We ask it in Jesus' name. And let everyone say amen. God bless you. You may be seated today. There is what I believe recorded here in 1 Kings 18. The ministry of a little cloud. Have you ever been caught? In a downpour. When I was a kid, we we loved a downpour. Some of my favorite memories at the Illinois campground when I was a young teenager. Yeah, I heard a little shout out there. Thought there'd be more than that, but uh, I can remember one particular summer, Brother Rodenbush, that it just came a downpour. Softball was canceled. Back in that day, we had like 15 different softball fields. It was ridiculous, just softball fields. Softball was canceled. They ran us into the tabernacle. Everybody was in there. We thought that the day was going to be shut down. Everybody was upset. How many know at camp you don't want wrecks shut down and definitely don't want to be standing soggy in the tabernacle unless it's after worship service? That's a bit. But I can remember just being a kid and all of a sudden a group of guys took off running out of the tabernacle. People flocked up to those glass doors and began to look out. Those gentlemen, I guess, decided to make lemonade out of lemons, as they say, and took off running across that open field, (coughs) running about as fast as they could. All of a sudden, sliding through the mud puddles. 
first I saw it, I thought, that's ridiculous. I watched a couple more people. I said, that is okay. It wasn't five minutes. playing in the rain. Most of us don't know what it's like to go without rain. When I was a kid, on days like that, until we turned it into a good thing, I always felt like rain was the ruiner of great days. Had the ability to shut things down. We were going to go fishing, but it was raining. We were going to play ball, but it was raining. I've never been a part of a drought quite like is being experienced in 1 Kings 18. And most of us, most of us, most of us have not. There was a drought. But it was not a drought by the hand of men. It was a drought, yeah, by the proclamation of a prophet, but only because he was in harmony with God. This word prophet, being used a lot and always has been, but it's really being used a lot right now. I want to say this. To be a true prophet, you've got to be in harmony with God. can't just speak things you want to happen and call yourself a prophet. But Elijah was in harmony with God. And there was wickedness in the land. There was wickedness. There was the worship of Baal. There was lasciviousness. There was fornication. There was idolatry. And it was rampant. Now, culturally, it would have looked a little different. And geographically, it would have looked quite different. But in regards to the shaping of sin, it would have looked quite similar to where we are. There were disturbing rituals that were on the regular And there were even maybe more catastrophic in the way that they were played out as far as visibility, but there was a godlessness that was in the air. Not everyone, though, was godless. There's always been and always will be this group called in one place the remnant, the strand, these believers. Even Elijah thinks that he is on his own in this, in this season, in this moment of time. He himself thinks that even all the prophets have been destroyed, have been slain because of Jezebel. Now, I hear a lot of people talk about Jezebel. We have to understand this, this issue of Ahab and Jezebel. This, I hear a lot of people talk about the spirit of Jezebel and the way that it portrays itself and the way that it looks. I want to bring very close clarity to anybody in this room that might be confused. The real heart of the spirit of Jezebel is intimidation. That God's kingdom cannot prosper. And that God's prophets cannot pronounce truth. I will tell you this. That spirit has always been a lie. That spirit is a a lie today, and it will be a lie tomorrow because God will have a church. And He will have a powerful church. He will have a glorious church. He will have a church that does not look like the world. He will have, all right, 
He will have a church that even if you have to stand out, Elijah, I will bring an Obadiah alongside to help harness the armory for you. He will place people, even though they seem outnumbered, he will strategically guard them. Did did some of the prophets die? They absolutely did, but their blood seems to have become the lubricant of a sustaining God and a keeping God. And Elijah shows up in this place and in this hour of drought in, in, in 1 Kings chapter 18. In verse 1, though, the Bible says it came to pass after many days the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go show yourself unto Ahab, and I will send rain upon the earth. Elijah went to show himself. Ahab and a man by the name of Obadiah had been together. Obadiah that had guarded some of these prophets of the Lord, Brother Kilman, they were meant to have been slain, but Obadiah, this is a, there's a dozen plus Obadiahs in the Old Testament. This is the prophet protector Obadiah who has guarded and who has kept. Ahab goes one way, Obadiah goes another, and Obadiah interacts what he thinks accidentally with Elijah. And he has such reverence and respect for Elijah. He is to bow before him in reverence. And Elijah says something that Obadiah is not prepared for. Take me to Ahab. Let Ahab know that I am available when really Elijah's life was being sought after. And Obadiah has to tell him, if I, if I go to him, we've been looking for you. But as soon as I tell him that, that you're here and we become to come to you, the Spirit will catch you up and you'll be gone. You know, he's a powerful man of God when you're worried the Spirit is going to catch him up and take him out of harm. But God had been... Please hear me. God had been preserving Elijah for this moment of confrontation. Because there are times when righteous confrontation is necessary. Bear with me a minute here this morning. I'm not trying to uh, excite you as much as I am trying to please God with what I say here. There's a righteous confrontation that has to occur and a, a conversation with, with someone that is seemingly against him and a, a, a wickedness of a system, the systematic approach and the demolish of all things that would point to righteousness and godliness, the destruction of the people. And yet Elijah gets a, a word from God that, that I'm going to send rain again. We know that this encounter is leading to something special. It's leading to a confrontation at Carmel. It's leading to a place where Elijah is going to say, get the prophets of Baal and meet me on the hill. Come on, don't that sound like just a showdown? Get your prophets. I'll get my, me, But me and God is bigger than you and all of them. 
And at some point, that revelation has to set in to every true believer. Whether you're from a big church or a little church, a big youth group or a small youth group, whether you're sixth generation apostolic or you're the first generation that got picked up on a bus route and comes to the church. No matter where you are, if God is on your side, they that are for you are more than they that be against you. Man, I feel like encouraging somebody in that this morning. And it's a showdown at the Carmel Corral. There is the building of an altar. There is the laying of the bullock. There, 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 there's intricate detail that goes in. And like the great man that he is, he let them go first. The requirement was what? The God that answers by now that you've heard your neighbor say it, say it like you know it. The God that answers by by fire, let him be God. And I'll let you go first. Just don't light a match and call it fire. <laughs> it's a part of the instruction. You cannot start the fire yourself and call it supernatural. And we better be careful because there's a lot of that nonsense trying to be started. We cannot sing good enough to make him greater. And we cannot preach. Our oratory cannot be so eloquent that it makes him more powerful. But we can have prayer meetings and worship services. I know we're outnumbered on paper. But if we can get a hold of God. I'm not talking about big luxurious prayers. I'm talking about prayers of faith that call fire from heaven and say, let the God that answers by fire. And they pray, those prophets, of they pray and they pray and they pray. They pray until they get caught in the rituals of the hour which were cutting themselves. And crying. The pagan and demonic rituals is what they were. If I cut myself, he'll have mercy. If I torture myself, and it was a false view of God, self torture is not what gets the attention of the real God. But nothing until Elijah is having such a good time with this. I would say Elijah pushes the envelope. He was definitely an upperclassman. Maybe he's on a journey. Can't you just see some of the prophets of Baal? Cry a little louder. I'm not sure he can hear you. 
And as the day went on, his confidence grew even stronger. But the longer it goes, haven't you found this to be true, professors? The longer it, it goes, confidence grows a voice. Begin to badger them just a little bit. Mock them just a little bit. But really what he was mocking was this false ideology that anybody but God could be God. He went so far as to say he could be asleep. Sound the alarm. But you know the story. Finally, enough is enough. That's how I feel like where we're at right now in the world. Maybe it's righteous indignation. Maybe it's multiple decades. And I don't know what it is. Maybe, maybe it's the new cycle on repeat. Maybe it's the kids that keep losing their life to nonsense. But I'm at the place where I'm saying enough is enough. I think we can get there. I think it's okay I, because I don't feel like it's carnal and I don't feel like it's fleshly. I feel like I'm in harmony with God and I'm saying enough. Enough is enough. Why do we want you at Bible college? Because enough is enough. I know they might need more doctors, but you're not here because you were called to be a doctor. You wouldn't be here if you were called to be a you're here because enough is enough. And they rebuild the altar. Because what I do not want, I do not want his fire to fall on someone else's altar. Rebuild the altar. And if you're going to have any ministry at all, and you're going to have any real demonstration, you're going to have to build your own altar. You're going to have to bring, you're going to have to be a part of this. And then he has them bring the, the barrels of water. If this doesn't astound you, it should, that they're in a multi-year drought and he finds 12 barrels of water to pour on it. Bringing this water, drenching it. Elijah's prayer has been dissected. It's probably dissected annually in this very institution. It's not that impressive. Oh, Pastor, don't say that. It's not that impressive. Outside of the fact that Elijah basically said, let them all know you're God. Nothing about his prayer was, let me get a new name. Let me have a more grand reputation. Let me get a better platform. He got alone and said, You're God. I know it. Let them know it. Fire came out of heaven. Hit that altar. Consumed that sacrifice. So hot that it licks up all of the rock. And everybody, you've got to picture the bleeding prophets of Baal when they testify through their wounds. There's no God. There's no God. 
Don't you think that's the kind of revival we need right now? Where people that have been against us have to say, wait a minute. There's no God like him. There's no Don't you want the kind of fire to fall that the people in your high school that have made fun of you might have to say, I didn't understand it, but nobody prays like they pray. I don't feel at any other church what I feel when I go to that church. I can remember bringing some of the roughest kids in our town. That's why I was doing... This all those years ago, I leaned over to Brother Gallion during worship service and I said, you know what's tough for me is realizing that we're old enough that we were alive when double-breasted suits were popular the first time. But I found out all the way back then, if you will get them into your church and something is actually happening, And the Holy Ghost is actually moving. I don't want to offend anybody. But what we have doesn't happen everywhere. And what we have isn't felt everywhere. We should not be embarrassed of the fact that the fire falls in our churches. And on our altars. And in our youth groups. And one of the most important parts of the story seems to be counter to us. We're not in a dispensation of grace at this time. We're not in a, we're in a unique spot. And Elijah says, kill them all. Kill them all. More prophets of Baal than are in this room right now, students and potential students. Kill them all. At some point, Elijah understood you have to stop letting the prophets of false doctrine live. There was a physical slaying. Everybody say physical. You know what that means, right? How many glad we don't handle things that way? Huh. Aren't, well, how many, you know you'd be, but God. <laughs> but he killed them and got rid of them. And, and they're fresh on the heels of getting false doctrine out of there. And Elijah said, I hear something. Oh, I hear a man. I hear a man. Sometimes living for God, you look crazy. There hasn't been rain in years. You might have felt a little blood splatter. It wasn't a sprinkle. It's a weird day. Elijah said, no, 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 I hear, I hear it, I hear it. So much so that he looks at the servant and says, go and look toward the sea. And the servant, like a, a good servant, I need, I need, come here. 
Sorry, you shouldn't sit on the front row. Come here. I need you to run down there, and I need you to look towards the sea. So just run. Here's what I want you to do. You just run and look out that door, okay? Run. If I'm going to sweat, you're going to sweat too. Look out that door. Look toward the sea. Come back. That was good. What did you see? Nothing. That's what his report was. You imagine how exciting it must have been for that servant to get an assignment? We've just killed all these prophets of Baal, and he gave me an assignment. I'm going to the sea. I'm the sea guy. Me. I'm going. I can't imagine what I'm going to see. Runs all the way to the sea and comes back, and he says, what would you see? Nothing. 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 But Elijah saw obedience. When the servant saw nothing. And so he said, go again, even seven times. Ready? (laughs) You're going to have to be faster than that. Go to the door and come back. That's not two, that's one, because it was a seven more times. Adios. Come on now, two. I'm going to have to get a baton and give somebody else if you don't. Come on, you ain't, look how much I'm sweating. Go, you nothing? You got nothing for me? You got nothing for me? This is only the third time. Come on. You're going to sweat through the khakis today, buddy. Come on. What do you see? You see anything? Go again. He goes on the fourth time. He's going back and forth and back and forth. He hasn't seen anything. Fourth time. Fourth time. This is the fourth time. Surely there's, is this the fourth time? What'd you see? Go! Listen to me. At some point in the running, he could have got frustrated with the prophet. Why do you keep sending me on missions that do not matter? Why do you keep asking me to ride the bus van or the bus or the van? Why, Why do you keep asking me to just show up and greet at the door? We're not seeing the... Why every camp I go to, they keep talking about P7. Talk about something. Fifth time, go again, number six. This is not child abuse. How old are you? Adult abuse. One more time. And on the seventh time, he puts his hand up. What do you see? You see a little cloud? He said, this big, about this big. It's not very big. Whose hand's bigger? Yep. It's not about the size of a man's hand. What did Elijah say? Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Get Ahab off this hill. It's about to come poor. My man has ran seven times to finally only see this. And Elijah said, let me educate you. That's enough. That's enough. 
Be seated for a second. I know you want to. Put, put that little slide up there. Lord's dealing with me about something. Bear with me. Can you, can you put that? How many remember this from school? Man, I hear a murmuring in the crowd. How many remember about evaporation? Transpiration, condensation, and all the Asians. Brother Turner, I can remember sitting in class and hearing the teacher talk about that and thinking, I don't care. It's either raining or it's not. But when you're in a drought, you care. Long before any scientist ever put this together, God was talking to Elijah. And God told Elijah, send that boy toward the sea. It's never been a resource problem. It's never been a harvest problem. It's always been a laborer's issue. Send him toward the sea. And seven times he runs toward the sea, seeing nothing. And not understanding that what he was looking at was the resource all along. The problem had been the atmosphere was not conducive to a downpour. But in verse 1 of that chapter, the Lord began to speak. The drought was ending. Here's why the drought was ending. Because Baal's about to be toppled. The prophets are about to be slaughtered. And God is about to be magnified. And when God starts getting magnified, the atmosphere will begin to turn conducive again. He will begin to turn the atmosphere into a conducive scenario so that what has been meant to happen for quite some time is now ready to happen at an unprecedented level. And so finally on that last time, it's the eighth time because he's gone and nothing and then he goes seven more times, comes back and he sees it. I, I see just a little clouds like the size, like the size of a man's hand. Get Ahab off this hill. Immediately we read, and the heavens were dark with the cloud. Because when the atmosphere turns, the atmosphere can turn quick. I can remember being just a child living in southern Illinois for a portion of my life. And I can remember living there out in the country, Brother Galleon, and we'd live out in the country. And on a day when it was about to storm, the leaves would turn inside out. And my mom would say to me, oh, baby, a downpour's coming. And I'd say, what are you talking about? She said, the leaves have turned. Some people from the city are like, I don't know what you're talking about right now. How many country folks know what I'm talking about when I say the leaves have turned? Can I tell you what's happening in the spirit right now? The leaves have begun to turn. The leaves have begun to turn. I understand that there have been some prophets of Baal. I understand that there have been some people in this room that you have been confused why you're not getting the credit you deserve. You keep like you keep, yeah, I'm getting sent on worthless assignments. Can I make copies? 
Can I be there to hand out candy on the bus route? Not seeing anything. You ever had all the passion in the world to teach a P7 club and nobody comes? If you haven't, you haven't tried very hard. That's a good kind of failure. I can remember somebody coming to me saying, I tried. I went to the principal. I got permission. They were against it, but we fought it. Got permission. Had the club. Nobody showed up. Wrong. He showed up. And you may teach lesson after lesson. You may do nursery after nursery. Junior high after junior high. But there is a trip soon coming when you see one of those kids break. How much do you need to know that there is a storm that is brewing? I don't need much. I don't need much. I'm talking about the ministry of a little cloud. I'm not asking if you're, please hear me. I'm not asking if your parents see it. I'm asking if you see it. I'm not asking if your friends from school can see it. I'm you're not here because of them. You're here because of him. Some of you feel like you've been going through the motions, camp after camp, service after service, and not seeing anything, but you keep feeling that voice say, go again, go again, go again. I've come to tell somebody all you've got is a glimpse. It's just a preview. It's just a preview. It's just a preview. But there is a storm that is coming. There is a... I wish somebody dance in the rain a little bit. I feel a... I feel a little something moving. I feel the leaves beginning to turn. I feel the wind blowing. Come on, your neighbor doesn't have to see the cloud. You got to see the cloud for you. Your parents don't have to see it. You got to see the cloud. You got to see. Throw your hands towards heaven and lift your voices all over this room. Come on, you are called to preach. You have seen the cloud. You are called to evangelism. You have seen the cloud. You are called to live righteous. Stand, stand, stand and magnify God. Brother Turner, I've encountered so many servants, so many students that have got distracted on the third, the fourth, the fifth, even the sixth trip to the sea. They were one more time of obedience away. Got distracted by a girl. Got distracted by a guy. Ha! Got distracted by some dollar bills. Got distracted by a parent that doesn't even live for God. 
Man, I'm on that today. Whoever I'm after, I'm... They cannot validate your calling because they didn't give it. Come on, they can't tell you whether or not you're called because they're not the one that called you. It was God that called you. It wasn't the servant's father. It was the servant's spiritual father. It was Elijah's. Elijah's. Pastor, getting weary with this. Don't get weary in well-doing. Can I tell you, if you're a previewer here, you're only here because the man of God in your life said, go. Can I tell you, if you're a student already, you're only here because the Elijah in your life said, go. He sent you to a youth route. He sent you to a summer camp. Sent you to a youth congress. He sent you on an AYC. He he sent you. And while everybody else was still talking about the destruction of the prophet, you were looking out over the sea. And while your friends were playing video games all night, you were looking. And what members of your family are saying, no, you need to go get this degree. You've seen this. I'm preaching to you where I've been today. Some of you know this story, but... When I came to when I came to preview, my secular college was paid for. My dad had been deathly ill. We didn't have any finances in our house. I sat on the couch with my youth pastor and I wept. I said, I want to make money. youth pastor said why don't you just go one more time just go look one more time here's the way he told me to go look he said I've never seen the righteous forsake I've never seen his seed begging bread he told me as a young 18-year-old guy caught somewhere between the land and the sea. Somewhere between the cloud and the classroom. He said, go look again. Go to sleep. I'm so glad that I went and looked. It was one of the most pivotal moments in my life, Sister Gallion, when I went and sat down in that living room with my parents. 
said, I know, I know, I know, I know. It's maybe an odd thing, but God has called me to ministry. And I know he's called me to go to Bible college. I know it doesn't maybe even make sense on paper, but it makes sense in my heart. I want you to lift your hands across this room, boy. I'm talking to some people that have been a little weary in the trip to the sea. But he's trying to give you the ministry of a little cloud today. Somebody needs to travel in your prayers right now to that that prayer session you had with God this summer. Come on, even some of us that have been preaching and singing and writing and leading for a while. We need to just we need to go back right now in our prayer to the first time we saw that little cloud rising up. We're going to sing in a few minutes, but before we ever start singing, I want I want everybody in the room, everybody in the room to travel to an altar. You can make an altar at your seat or you can come to the front, whatever. But I'm asking everybody on this platform and everybody in this building. God, give me a glimpse. And I feel it so strong. At preview weekend, he's trying to give some of you a preview of what he wants to do in your life. Come on, we ought to pray so loud that it sounds like thunder in this place. We ought to wave our hands until the wind begins. Father. Come on, you've been exhausted. There's rain coming. Whoever I'm talking to right now, you've been weary. I hear the sound. You've been in a drought, but I hear rain.